Welcome to 3 In, 3 Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast. On 3 In, 3 Out, we like to dive deep into the micro moments of the game, the nooks and crannies, if you will, because that's what fanatics do. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me on Twitter, at Clinton Bonn. And I'm joined by the great Brandon Schultz. And find him at Seahawkers Pod on Twitter. All right, Flock, let's dive into the sober yin and raging yang that is 3 In, 3 Out. Go Hawks. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome once again to another episode of 3 In, 3 Out, the most unique Seahawks podcast out there. I'm your host, Clinton Bonner. Find me on Twitter, at Clinton Bonn. I'm here with the one, the only, the great Brandon Schultz. Brandon, that's uh, where we're going we're gonna to talk about this game. We're going to talk about this, this, I mean, maybe you could call it a game. This, I wouldn't call it an effort, but this 23 to 13 loss that felt a lot worse than that. To uh, to our lingering rivals, the uh, Los Angeles Rams. I don't know if you could tell, Brandon. I'm a little. I, I I don't like being downtrodden. I'm an upbeat kind of guy. I'm a I'm, even if I have to fake it till I make it, I will. But right now, I ain't, I don't got that much to fake, man. How you doing? Uh, I'm frustrated, man. It's it's like, you know, watching Pete Carroll punt on fourth and oh. inches on Sunday. It was oh. like watching Donovan in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade pick up the false grail take a drink and watch the game quickly waste away as the Rams scored on the following drive. Pete Carroll chose poorly. Yeah, we chose. Yeah, we didn't have the, we didn't have that awesome, you know, old guy there, like the Bishop outfit type thing going that we chose. Poor- Pete we, Carroll we, needs we, that guy. He needs the guy to tell him you chose poorly. Yeah. Shouldn't there be like somebody on his shoulder, like the little, little angel devil thing with somebody like poking at him, like, Hey, fourth inches with the, with your team like this, like just you know, run the damn ball. Do, Hey, you did a sneak last week. Do a sneak again. Right. I mean, just just what a what a deflating choice, you know, and, and of course, we'll get into the ins and the outs. And thank you for bringing this one up to the center, because I didn't want to make it an out. However, it was what was on my brain and certainly in my heart. I I just and, and then the, the tweak, the tweak where like the, it would it would it go it went to commercial right or something like that. Oh, because they challenge it, right? So they they challenge. They throw the so challenge you waited flag. around. It's, they come back, yeah. and I'm thinking the whole time, okay, it's just a challenge because they were going to take the timeout anyway to talk it over to figure out a play. So why not challenge it because it was close? And then you're going to come back and run the play, and and everything's going to be good. But no, that's not what happened. And then they they try for the you know the the thing that Russ you know gets once every couple of weeks his hard count is is kind of like his uh his fade roots they they're they're not not as strong as suited of his game and try the hard count and we're sitting there and it's like then they audible and they go back into a different position with like 8 seconds to go and you're like all right they're still going to run a play they're they're still going they're still going to run yeah a he's play. just using up the entire yeah, 25 yeah, seconds because yeah, yeah, yeah if you can get them to jump then great so then sure, then sure, use up the time and then catch them when they're you know try and catch them when they're on the their heels He's totally going to run a play. And then, and then you start thinking, oh crap, are they going to call another timeout here? Like that, that would have been that. But then I'm like, okay, what's actually worse? We didn't run the play. We got a punt and then we gave up another five yards. Like what, what did, what just happened? Well, it was taking the delay a game was definitely better than taking another timeout. And I think that they punted down. It was inside the 10. So I No, I don't think it was inside the 10. I think it was inside the 20 for that one, I think. Was but it? they got okay. like the 17. Well, now I have to check just to be yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go check. I mean, my memory serves me that it was Okay, not, it was a fair catch at the 12. 
the 12. Okay. Well, that ain't, that ain't the seven. It would have been the seven if you, if you had that extra five yards. <laughs> I, I'm quick, quick with the math today, you know? So, uh, but thank you for bringing that up. And then it was Deontay, what, four to six plays before they were right back uh, to where the Seahawks punted away the football anyway. Yeah. And that was with a penalty, right? They had, they had, they ran the first two to the right side, blew a couple dudes away. Right. But the yeah, second they had one was, the offensive was a holding. holding on the, they had a holding call. Yeah. It was just, Oh, it was, it was not just a head scratcher. It was a head banger against the wall going like, how could you, how could, you know, knowing what you know about the game at that point and just, just seeing that we don't have it today, you know, like we just, we just don't have it and we're not going to get that many chances to have it. And we have fourth and about, I don't know, maybe three inches, maybe four inches. It was literally, you know, it was inches because they took the time to review it and they knew it was close. And to, to not go for it in that instance was, it was just, to me, just cowardice. And then to defend it in the post game, you know, Pete's like, I'd make that decision again. It's just like, it's like a second, a second dagger. Really? You, Even you know, knowing you, that they were going to drive the field right after and score a touchdown anyway, you're going to make your defense. So you're going to tire them out that much more by, by making them go the entire length of the field again. Okay. Mind boggling. And, and we, we won't get into another out that we talked about last week, but, but it's, it's, there's just gotta be, we have to have this kind of, you know, uh, uh, what's the festivus? What's the, uh, the airing, the airing of grievances, right? right? We have to have this because, you know, uh, what's that word? Cathartic, cathartic. There's a word I'm pulling these out. It's cathartic to do so. The other one for me, Brandon, is we, I, I brought it up last week as an out. Um, I won't do it again, but I just, I continue to disagree with when we win the freaking coin toss deferring because what what i'm seeing over and over again is that we cannot get off a field on third down for the life of us we can't do it and we're not doing it early we're not doing it in the first half of games and we're giving a team a chance to you know mostly get points they stalled out and got 3 but also take away like five and a half minutes of clock every time now it's it's like demoralizing deflating and you're putting your your defense behind the eight ball where they're just freaking gassed because because we can't get off the field. So it's it's another one to me that was like from Jump Street. I'm like, why are we why are we giving the ball first? Why don't we just it, 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 I'm, <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. And I guess that's not m- as much as my problem as the other thing that you mentioned. And that's being able to get off the field on third down. And I am going to be livid if people's takeaway from this game is that the defense somehow got figured out in this game because it did not. It was through three quarters that the Rams were 10 of 12 on converting third downs, and it didn't matter if it was third and one, third and two, third and nine, third and 12. They were giving up third downs consistently, even late in the game. I I think the only one that they uh, really missed uh, significantly was one where Higby was wide open and Goff overthrew him. So that wasn't on the Seahawks defense playing any kind of great defense. Yeah. I mean, I, I hate to just you know, slander and slam, but, but they deserve it because you're right. It, I saw, you know, a good amount of that on Twitter. It was like, well, the defense played better. It's like, no, no. I mean, the, the end score was what we gave, gave up six, you know, gave up a touchdown in the second half and that's it. The one third down stop that I will give credit for, and I do this risking a possible in that you already have in this game. Do you have an in for Jordan Brooks? I'll just ask you that. I don't, but great breakup. Okay. Great breakup. That was on third and 12. That was their one breakup on third down where I look at and I say, great defense by the Seahawks. And it was Jordan Brooks. 
Yep. Timely came flying across, like, you know, beautiful form. It kind of had his helmet like right, right on the ball as the guy was trying to catch it. Yeah. Great, great call out there. Glad we could get him, get him in nice and early, but let's, let's get to it. For those that don't know, we'll go through the inside of the ledger. Oof, they're a little scarce. We'll go through the outside of the ledger, which is, uh, you know, it's it's kind of hard to whittle down which which three we want to focus on. But that's what we do on three in, three out. We do bring the balance. We will talk about some of the good. And believe it or don't, there actually was some good that we'll get into. Uh, but that's what we do on three in, three out. So join us. And I think, Brandon, the call to action is for all the 12s out there, the flock, to kind of bathe in this, have the airing of grievances, shake it off real, real quick and get ready for a Thursday game. So why don't we just get through this first out? What do you say? Let's do it. Okay, Brandon, we touched on this a little bit in the the opening, I would call it a little soliloquy, a preamble. We had a nice preamble there this time um, going into this, this week's three in, three out. This first out, this ties back to the idea that we defer the Rams get a, a long ass drive out of the gate and it sets the tone the wrong way. A play I want to single on and really focus on is it was the third and one in the opening drive and Reynolds catches like a seven yard. The thing is, I can't even call it an out. I it was like, a comeback. Like, yeah, it was a bit, uh, it was a comeback, sure, but it wasn't like it was a beautifully run route because. Flowers was was, you know, like nine yards off the dude again. And it just the reason it was so center for me was just because like it's like, didn't we just do this? Didn't we just talk about this and get through this last week? That if we're third and one, shouldn't we be up the line jamming these friggin' guys, not letting them just run, you know, eight yards downfield, turn around, have the ball with with no no way of stopping that route. So it set me off right away. That was my first one. Now I I actually do think. You said earlier that, hey, the defense didn't did not get better and we struggled all the way through the third quarter. They did make adjustments and they really started to come to the line quite a bit more in this game. Now, whether or not it was effective is something to talk about separately, but they definitely stopped doing this, at least where they were so far off and allowing a dude to get an easy comeback for, you know, to keep a, a long drive going the first drive of the game. So first out is to Flowers and the team for just not freaking fixing what is glaringly, obviously broken. Yeah, it's fair, I think, to give it to Flowers on that particular play, because if I remember right, that was the one where he had help over the top from Jamal Adams. So there was no need for him to be playing as if he were the deep man. He should have been playing up on his guy and attempting to jump the route in that situation, knowing that that even if he happened to miss it, that he had Adams on the back end able to clean it up. Exactly what they called out on the broadcast. That was ex- precisely correct. And let's also, you know, let's also call it what it is. It was it's Josh Reynolds, right? That's that's his name, right? Yeah. Josh Reynolds. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. That's not Robert Woods, and that's not Cooper Cup. Right. Like I, I don't, th- I don't think Cup is actually all that great. However, you know, he made some nice catches. Woods to me is their one, and I think he's their best receiver by by a good stretch. This is their three. And, and, you know, we just can't man the guy up and just, you know, just get, get our levers on him and make it hard in a third and one. So, yeah, it, it was it was just a continuation of some of the stuff we saw in the Bills game. In the Bills game, Flowers was one of the better players, but this one really grinded the old gears there, Brandon. And, you know, I, I don't think it was so much of the fact that it was giving up a third and one because th- those ones you can you can manage. It was just. Okay, here we go. This is the type of defense. We're going to play this way again after week after week. 
seeing where this team does well and where it doesn't do well. And, and it seemed like it was going back to the same old story on defense. Nailed it. Let's uh, what do you say? We hop on over to some, some of the good stuff that actually happened. Oh, there is and, some. And, yeah, there is some action. Let's keep on trucking. What do you say? Let's do it. Okay, Brandon, talk. Speaking of trucking, let's just label this one trucking, right? Maybe the maybe the great Grateful Dead tune rings true in your head as it does for me. But I want to give I want to give this one out nice and early. Slap a big in on it because it was a thing of beauty. And for this moment in time, it looked like we would have you know we'd be able to impose our will and do this to a Rams team all day long. Did not work out this way, however. I'm talking about the 13-yard touchdown scamper from Alex Collins. Now, the run is nice. Collins looked pretty fresh back there. He looked to me a lot better than DJ Dallas and a a lot, lot better than Travis Homer as a back. We still miss the heck out of Chris Carson. And I hope, I hope something happens to his foot that he can make it back by Thursday. We shall see. I know he did, did not practice today. So Collins gets that scamper. However, Brandon, there was a particular player doing a couple of particular things on that play that really stood out. Why don't you take it away there, Mr. DJ? Oh, I'm happy to recognize Dwayne Brown on this play because the big Seahawks left tackle. One of the few guys that graded out positively in terms of pro football focus, and he graded out positively on this particular play because he absolutely trucked linebacker Micah Kaiser for the Rams. If you go back and and look, and this was just a play that was blocked well by the entire offensive line. Yes. But yep. Dwayne Brown locks up on his guy at about the 10-yard line and drives him all the way to the goal line, pancakes him as Alex Collins is running right behind him into the end zone. It was it was a glorious play by our Pro Bowl left tackle. Yeah, the guy continues to shine. He's playing at, at 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 least a Pro Bowl level. I don't watch enough of the NFL to be like, oh, that's all Pro level. I don't know. Somebody else will decide that, and usually it comes down to politics anyway. All I know is the dude's been really good all year long, and this was such a shining example. Like you said, Micah bit the dust, but it was kind of cool because he was pancaking him literally at the goal line while Collins is right on his tail. It, it's such a... Such it kind of took me uh, back to that Walter Jones, uh, Carolina yes. Panthers NFC championship game. Of course, Jones, I think, was <laughs> just carrying the dude down the field for about 40 yards ahead of Alexander. But yeah, it, it, it gave me it brought back memories of that. Well, it's the second time this year we're bringing up the comparison to, you know, a a, a first ballot, amazing Hall of Famer, Walter Jones. So I guess whenever you're hearkening back to those types of uh, sweep lefts, you're doing something right. And this was this was some of the moments in which. You know, at this point, we take the lead seven to three. We just we we held them to a field goal. I know when this happened, I was thinking, see, Clinton, it doesn't matter that they kicked off the ball first because they came back. They scored the touchdown. They got the lead. And now all the defense has to do is come out and make a stop. And and Russell can, you know, start stacking points on this Rams defense. Yeah, that was that was my thought process at the time. But obviously it was maybe a little over positive. Well, even at 10, seven Rams, like, all right, let's just get the ball back and score. I do want to give a little a little uh, sidecar in on that exact same play. While, while you're saying the offensive line did a great job blocking that play, and they absolutely did, David Moore also does an awesome job mm. on his guy. Not sure who it DK is. DK did too. DK yes, really yep. sealed off the the edge yep. uh, on, on that line too. Complete, completely blocked the right way with Collins hitting the hole the right way, just with energy and burst. It's just something about the way the guy runs, right? He, he has a, he has that little bit of a 
like a mini beast mode to him where he's a little herky-jerky and he's got the hair flowing and he has some power to him, which which looks great. And with all that still, boy, oh boy, can we can we please get Chris Carson back? Can we please get Chris Carson back? We're going to need him for Thursday. Yes, Chris Carson, please come back. And Clinton, please come back with us after this break. Let's do two and two after the break. Yes, Chuck. Okay, Brandon, we're back, and we were we were discussing just before a, a beautifully blocked play, and we were, you know, giving all the kudos out for the the, the one drive really that uh, that worked for Seattle in this entire game, which is just painful to say. However, I want to flip the script to an out here, and I want to recognize or you know put put on put on the the, the ill the, the bad soapbox. There was three to four to five times in this game where. The right side of our defensive line got completely washed out by the Rams, like on running plays, where I think, you know, like Puna had a nice game. I know he, I saw he graded out well. And the second half was, the second half was better. And I think it was better against the run. But that first half, man, oh man, Brandon, there, there was, like I said, between three to five plays in my memory bank here where, where the right side of the line is completely washed out. I realize the Rams are a good running team. I get it. I realize they execute well, but I, but it doesn't make me want to, you know, report this news any more or less, man. It was a rough go out there for specifically for that side of the line, and I feel like they were a bit abused. I'll, I'll toss it to you. Did did you see the same thing? Did you feel the same thing? I want to know who exactly we're giving this to. Who who do I put down in the in the outside of the ledger or is it just is it just right side of line? Yeah, you know, it's it, that's a, a good that's a good question. I mean, I know Dun- Dunlap was over there quite a bit. Um, I Collier was it was Collier on that side as well? Were they flip flopping? I saw just a couple of a number of plays where maybe it was Reed, but also then the linebackers just getting washed out too. There were several occasions where KJ was just getting wrecked, wrecked, and I'm like, you know, it's like they they had a chance to step up and fill a hole, and they're getting they're getting washed out by by some dude pulling. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't even have anything more specific on this one besides feeling that the right side's got to wear this thing together like daisy chain, man. It was, it was bad news bears. Yeah, maybe you do give it to KJ on this because the the linebackers do have something to do with that, even if the line's getting blown back a little bit. But you look at KJ on the day, three missed tackles, and and the reason why I like to call out KJ and give and have him wear the out is because I know KJ can withstand it and bounce back. And with it being a short week, KJ, now you know, you're on notice, and we need a good game from you on Thursday night against the Cardinals. You know, I like the fact that KJ is obviously, one, uh, a listener, you know, like that. That's number one. Number two, he's going to put this up like the like the imagery of Ivan Drago. You know, he's going he's gonna to hang that Ivan Drago image. And then in a, in, a, in a montage later, he'll crumple it, and then he'll lift some rocks. He'll be ready, and he'll be ready for Thursday night. This is what we need from our Seahawks team. So again, it's about that cleansing. It's about the airing of grievances that we're going through. And maybe it's about, you know, getting KJ just a little bit pissed off and crumpling that Ivan Drago picture and getting ready for some freaking Thursday night football. Brandon, you got me fired up over here. man. I'm kind of fired up now, too. I, I didn't know that this out was going to turn into us motivating KJ Wright to have one of the best games of his entire career against the Cardinals on Thursday. I'm fired up now. Yeah, I like that Mama Cleo has her crystal ball out early on this one, and we're calling it where the KJ is going to be. You know what? KJ 
is going to be, he's the, he's the preemptive MVC for our win on Thursday Night Football. How about that? I, I hope you didn't just jinx it. All right, Brandon, back on the fun side of the ledger, the raging Yang side of the ledger, the in side of the ledger. There were a couple of moments and a couple of reads. You know, we'll probably talk a little bit about, about Russ's reads later. However, there were a couple of moments in this game where, where we ran some, some plays and we had some, some options available that I hadn't seen really throughout the year so far. One that comes to mind is, if you recall, we had that like 21-yard uh, gain by Swain, little gain by Swain, yeah. where it, was, it, was, it wasn't just a little check down. You know, it was a real slow, sweeping thing he did. And Russ looked downfield real quick. There was a guy coming off the right edge that would have, if Russ did not make a quick decision, it would have been a sack for seven yards plus. And again, bad news bears. But Russ sees he has nothing downfield. At least I'm not watching the all 22. I'm assuming he saw nothing. And he turns and makes a really good and tough pass to Swain up the sideline and gets 21 yards. And, and I want to call it back and say, we saw it again later where he hits Olsen on, on a similar like delayed wheel route and Olsen gets 11 yards and takes a, takes a pretty hard hit in the sidelines. Um, let's put it this way. Juxtaposing that versus the two-yard dump-offs and the three-yard dump-offs where Homer's getting freaking killed or DJ Dallas is getting freaking killed or who, you know whomever is out of the backfield catching the ball and getting smacked right away with no chance to get out of bounds. I thought it was kind of nice. I, 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 I liked the, the options there, and I thought it was a new wrinkle. Now, maybe it's just a wrinkle that usually we're seeing Russ go downfield, and therefore I'm not seeing this little, this little delayed wheel route. Uh, but particularly the one to Swain, I thought it was a great read and, and a great little play. I would have liked to see them do that more. That was on that opening drive for the touchdown. And I felt that, yeah, that we didn't see it until it was either the, the last drive or the second to last drive. I thought that they needed to have that available open to him more. There were so many times where Ramsey or whatever corner they had on Metcalf, they were backed off DK by about 10 yards. And I'm just saying to, to Skybox Shoddy, throw it out <laughs> to, the, to the left, get it to DK, put it in his hands, put it, you know, if they're going to play that far off, then get the dude the freaking football. The One of the most frustrating things of the, of the game was like the compilation, and we've talked about this before, the, the lack of intermediate routes, the lack of like, you know, the eight yard, the eight yard hitch, the, the 10 yard in, just like the lack of using the field and, and just exposing what they or taking what they're giving to you. Yeah. So, so much of it again was like deep shots on a, on a day where Russ just wasn't accurate. Just call it like it is. He was not, he was making bad reads. He was not accurate. He missed, you know, two or three deep balls. Uh, the one that comes to mind for sure is the one to lock it where he had, had his guy burnt. And yet we just were not using or just simply taking what, what, what they were given. And uh, boy, oh boy, was that frustrating. It was frustrating. And you want to point to that play that went to Freddie Swain as the one to where you, you can say to Russ, OK, here, yes, you threw it. it it's going to go down as what? Uh, what's that stat that, that they measure the the air, air yards? Air yards, and, air yards yeah. and and yes, OK, that's a one or a zero yard throw. But you got 21 yards out of the deal that you can take, you know, Russ, start counting up your yards after catch and and celebrate that because, yeah, you don't have to bomb it down the field all the time. Take those easy yards. Let your receivers make plays like Freddie Swain did. And 
you can win this game in more than one way. And that's another way to do it. Yep, with you 100% there, Brandon. Why don't we, why don't we flip back? Actually, that was an in. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. I was like, oh, let's flip back over to an in. That was an in. That was right, an in, but, you know, yeah, it also but, was kind of an out. Yeah, it was kind of, a, kind of an out. Kind of an out that we only saw that a couple of times. All right, let's get to that. Uh, what, we have a real out now to get to? Yes. Yeah, that's what this game is. Ugh. Okay, Brandon, so we're on the last out. Man, oh, man, like... Man, oh man, and boy, oh boy. Let's go with both of those. Man, oh man, and boy, oh boy. Do we try, you know, do we really try to not focus and and select things that are that are the obvious ins and outs on three and three out? And sometimes they're so hard to ignore that all you can really do is dig a little bit deeper into an out and then pull out a nugget from there or an in and, and describe it with more detail but it has to be discussed. It just has to, has to be on the table. You were just waxing poetically about the idea that Russ was not taking what was there. And maybe it wasn't being called that way or he wasn't just vision-wise, wasn't seeing it that way. But I want to go back to that, to one of those sacks. He took a bunch of sacks, but second and five, about 10 minutes to go. We're down, it's the fourth quarter. We're down 23-13. And this is the sack where Russ drops back he like immediately tries to do a duck job. Mm. Like it's like near immediate. It's like he gets the ball. There's nobody in his face quite yet. It wasn't like a jailbreak. It wasn't. It was just complete skittish, skittish as can be Russ. And he ducks into a sack and he's just clobbered. Like it was, you know, didn't get out of it, just clobbered. And then a second and five becomes like a third and whatever. And then and away it goes. I think we're punting a few, uh, the next play after that. It was two frustrating things. Number one, we hadn't seen Russ really do that all that much this year. We've seen a little bit of it, but it was kind of been just bye-bye. Like it getting the ball out quicker, making better decisions, seeing the field with more vision. That did not happen on Sunday. The other thing was when they showed the all 22 version, DK Metcalf runs like a, I don't know, like basically like a tight end dump, although he wasn't in a tight end position, just a little, just a quick little curl. He is wide open. He is sitting in a zone with like two linebackers flanked to either side of him by a, by a good margin. And Russ ducks. Instead, he literally just could have thrown like right over the line, just could have dumped the ball to DK. DK is right there. So folks who want to go watch that again, go watch that play. It was for me, Brandon, bananas that I'm like, how? And that's the hot route. Like that is, it's second and five. Your star receiver turns around and runs a tiny, tiny little curl. And he's wide open, right in the middle of the field, basically over the nose tackle. Ignored, he does the little duckaroo, and he gets smashed, and then it's third and forever. It, to me, was the most emblematic, like, are you kidding me, of the game. And this pains me. Like, we haven't had to talk about Russ like this, I mean, really, really in a long, long time. It, it was just that he was off all game because he had that one play earlier on where he didn't see anything open and he just decided to throw it away and he ends up taking the grounding, the intentional grounding call. And then it's third and 21. And yeah, it just shows just how off he was all day from, you know, the, the one interception where he's trying to fit it into Disley, where it just the, the, sh the overthrows by just a little bit. You referenced the one to lock it. There was another one to DK down the left sideline where it was just off the fingertips of DK. Yep. You know, he was just off by inches 
And you wonder how differently things could have gone if, you know, just if Russ makes a couple better decisions throughout the game, it, it could have completely changed the way this game was played. I think we win the game. You know, like that's I just flat out. If, if, if you take take a couple of those bad decisions away and put them in, put them into the good side of the column. Oh yeah, if yeah. If he decides to just run with the ball rather than try and yeah, throw it up to Disley that, in the back of the end zone, that interception was brutal. And then it's it's extremely extremely rare, like extraordinarily rare, like where to the point where we're spoiled nine seasons in that we could look at a game afterwards and be like. You know what? Like something mentally wasn't clicking for us today. That's usually not that's not his problem. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that is not his problem. In this game, there was that terrible decision to throw to throw it up into the end zone instead of just take take 15 plus yards on the run. That's a you know, god awful decision. You saw later where he takes the uh, the delay a game on a on a, a third and short with a uh, the play clock, like right in, in Aikman, and Aikman, and that that's another thing we got. We got to hear Aikman bash on him. He's like, he's like, the play clock's right there, but he's he's right. The play clock is right there, and even that fumble. Okay, we had the we had the the low snap, and then but then Russ has it in his hands, and he actually kicks it away from himself. It was just he just seemed, and this again is so rare. He seemed like he was not mentally locked into this game, and. I don't know if I've ever said that about Russell Wilson in a game, even in a game where he didn't perform well or a game where he just didn't have his best game. I never sat back and was like, did the dude get enough sleep? Yeah. Like, did, did the dude actually need sleep? Did he, did, is he, is he, he keeps telling us no time to sleep, but he, right, exactly. He, he, he should have taken some time. some time. He's got a brand new baby or, you know, but whatever, however, however old Win is at this point, but maybe he should get a little more sleep. But this is the first time in a long time where it was like, boy, oh boy, uh, Russ has got to wear this. So it, it is what it is. Again, we got a game on, on Thursday and hopefully it's just a quick bounce back and we see a much better performance. Yes. Let's but get Brandon, out of the outs, Clinton. And yes, you've, you've yes. delayed this long enough. We have one final in. let's get yes. to it already. Get out of my dreams and into my car. Let's do this. Okay, Brandon. So the last in, I, I think this could be short and sweet. And I think it's, I, oh, we're going to make it short is... now after, after you, we <laughs> waded through that entire last out that we already gave a third out, but we decided to do a third out anyway, because an in turned into an out. The, the good thing about losing is that we end with an in Clinton. Good. Cause so it, it'll be, it'll be sweet. You could determine how short it is. How about that? Okay. But it'll be sweet. I, we saw one, one opportunity. I think it was one. I don't think I don't think he took it in the to open the second half. We saw one opportunity for Mr. DJ Reed as a kickoff returner. And that is what I've been calling for. That is how you return freaking kicks in the NFL. You go as fast as you can towards the best hole you got. You make one cut and then go as far as you can with that one cut. DJ Reed should return all of our kickoffs. That is a pro job, and that can make a big, big difference. He got the ball out to what, half field, something like that, right? Yeah, 49-yard return, got it to the Seahawks, 47. If you have a chance, go back and, you know, anybody that can, if you have the, if you have the opportunity to, the technology is there, go back and watch that kickoff return. And then do yourself a favor or not, compare it to what we see from Travis Homer when he attempts to return a kick. Compare it to David Moore when he returns kicks. David Moore is a very good punt returner. He is not a special kickoff guy. I want to see DJ Reed getting the opening kickoff Thursday night 
in probably the rain against the Cardinals. And I want to see the dude blowing past the 35, 40 yard line because that is a specialized talent doing a special thing. Just one return for DJ Reed on the day. Travis Homer did have three returns, but that was a difference. And I know you're, gosh, Clinton, you're setting me up because I so want to get to what came after that kickoff, but I'm, I can't do it because we're past the outs. So let's, let's just be happy and settle on the fact that, yes, it does look like the Seahawks have their kick returner now. DJ Reed looked far better than anything that we've seen returning kicks to this point this season. Yeah, and guess what? The weather's getting colder, there's more wind, and that is going to equate to more opportunities to return kicks that aren't sailing 5, 10 yards into the end zone. I'm happy they made this change, and that's it. I want to see DJ going forward. I don't know how long the dude's been doing in practice. That's the other head scratcher. Okay, he's only been here a couple of weeks, but obviously coming off injury. Uh, Okay, I don't know how long. Homer's off injury, too. He's been limited in practice, so... I don't think we can even hold it up to injury. It was just, it was time. And Pete Carroll finally made the call. Hey, good. You know what? Uh, We'll stick with the positive. They made, they made an adjustment. It's the right adjustment. And that dude is special. So in the next, you know, seven games, my prediction is he's going to be special over and over again in in a key part of the game that gets more and more key as the weather gets colder and colder. Okay, Brandon, so we're going to get to our our favorite section, which is, of course, from the flock. We like to remind the listeners out there, the brethren, the 12s, the fanatics, how they can get involved because... You know, it's it's not just listening to a podcast. It's part of be it's part of being in the in the community that you and Adam have created. So before we dive into from the flock, why don't you tell the good people how they can get involved and just you know gain and cleanse their hawker with us? Yes, disappointing that with the loss, I don't get to deliver a brand in. Although I think right. I would have given it to myself this week for not allowing you to take us into what what would have been maybe a fourth, fifth, or sixth out because. Uh, you seem to have liked to deliver extra outs this week, even though it is three in, three out. <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm not mad, and I'm not giving away an in to myself. But we are giving the opportunity for people to get into the flock at getintheflock.com. Be a part of the community. You can be a part of the Discord group. $3 a month gets you into that. And you can even get in the Facebook group, $12 a month. We're there every single day talking Seahawks. Yeah, maybe on a Monday after the game, it's a little bit quiet, but we're ramping up to Thursday this week, and I, I'm ready to get this stink of this Rams game off of me, Clinton. Yeah, let's let's let the flock help us uh, wash wash this wash this all away. Uh, but but you know the the quick plug is from somebody who is who 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 was on the outside and then and then you know came to this and we created three and three out together, and I'm so grateful that we have. Listen. Getting into the community and getting into the flock one way or the other, the Discord or the Seahawkers Pod Ring of Honor, or just making sure you're rating the pod and giving it five stars, it all helps. Dropping comments and all those things, it helps a lot. But hey, if you got a couple extra bucks, spend it. Get into the Discord. It's a ton of fun. If you got a little more, get into the Ring of Honor. It is a blast every single week, even in defeat. It's a community. It's people having fun together. So it's worth every penny. So you brought up a good point, Clinton, leaving a review, leaving a review, especially for right here on field goals. If you are a frequent listener of three and three out, drop a drop a note in the field goals review and Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Give us a positive review. Yeah, yeah. Give give us an in. 
for <laughs> give us an in. Lord, Lord knows I could use one this week, and Brandon <laughs> rightfully called me out for that one because boy, oh boy, was I going to a dark place. Brandon, take take me out of this. Why don't you lead the from the flock out and find us something good? All right. Well, I don't know if this is a good one because Gary Blum, he had an out. So I'm going to skip ahead to Garrett Taylor and he gives an in for pass pro. And I'm sure you probably think of that and you say, well, wasn't Russell just beat up all day long? And I think where Garen is uh, is honing in on here is that the offensive line really wasn't that bad. I put a lot of those sacks, a lot of the pressures on Russell Wilson. And if it's not on Russell Wilson, it's on the play calling. I I didn't want to get into the what happened after the kickoff, but I I think that this demonstrates that perfectly is that after the Rams went up by 10 points in the third quarter, the Seahawks getting the ball back, you had to know that the Rams defensive line was going to be bringing pressure. And yet, I think this goes back to what you were saying earlier, Clinton, there weren't any of those immediate dump off routes like in that situation, you have to know that the Rams are going to be coming for you to try and put some pressure on Russell in that situation. And they needed to give him those outlets. And he went, you know, what sack throw away sack again on third down. So I like where Garen is going here and giving an end to the pass pro and recognizing that it was, it was pretty good as far as the offensive line went. It was the problems were in other places. Yeah, I, I, I actually, I, I agree. I agree uh, pretty much, pretty, pretty much. Is that a pretty word? Much. Pretty much. I agree pretty much with Garen. I agree pretty much wholeheartedly that it really wasn't on, it wasn't the pass pro. So I, I'm okay with that in. The other thing that comes up for me too, Brandon, is like, you know, we've seen other teams when they know we're blitzing, what do they do to us? What did Buffalo do to us when, when they knew we were blitzing? Well, how'd they kill us? Oh yeah, they threw the screen. Yeah, little wide receiver screen, right? And then back, you know, down the field. We just, we just wait, where are we? Where are we with that? Where are we with like, you know, a, a little screen out to out to Metcalf and r- run the old rugby play? Give your beast the freaking ball on a play where you re- you really think they're gonna blitz. And you know what? If they if they guess the right way and they defend that and stop Metcalf for two or three yards, you tip your freaking cap and you go back and run another play. And I could live with that. I could live with that. But just watching them unload when they're up by 10 and having no answer, no philosophy for it. Oh, daggers. All right. But that was it in. So I'm going to go back to, going to go back to Gary Blum. That was Gary, my fault. I, I shifted that one to an out, but the, I, I'll own that one. Yeah. He took that one to a dark place, but we're, we're going to stay in a dark place here with, with Gary Blum. Gary's a great dude. I uh, had a chance to go uh, meet him a couple of years back. We had some beers at a uh, Carlo East in Manhattan and boy, oh boy, can I not wait. Oh, he was for, at the uh, Giants game too. Oh, that's right. That's right. Maybe I didn't see my Carlo East. Maybe that was a different Gary. I know he was at the Giants game. Maybe I saw him at both places. He's a great guy. And I can't wait to hang out with him again and, and hit up Carlo East and any of the folks that live in the greater New York area because it's, it's a good hang. Um, but he says out. He goes that challenge. And of course, he's talking about the challenge when Russ dove forward and, you know, clearly did not have the first down, but we challenged it anyway. And then, you know, no chance and a huge waste of a timeout. And then we talked about the fact that we punted. So, Gary, hate to say you're right, but boy, oh boy, you're right. Going to double up on the outs here to help get through them. Jason Bonner gave an out to Russ. Jalen Engel gave an out to the coaching staff. Between Russ and the coaching staff, I, I think, yes, we're, we're covering just about everybody in this segment. Yeah, let's get to uh, Flocktimus Prime. You know, Keith Ketover, he's got an in, and it's not sarcastic at all. He says, <laughs> in, the game is over, so I don't have to watch watch that anymore. That's That's... <laughs> So I like, you know, that's just facts. 
He also says, in, there isn't a full week before the next game, so I have less time to sulk. Flockton is coming in with two big ins that um, are about him, and, and I'm here for it. You know what? I, I can definitely, I, I hear the sarcasm in the first one. I like the optimism, though, in the second one. This is sure. a short week, and yes, there's less time to to sulk through it and more of an opportunity to bounce back earlier on in this week. So yes, thinking positively, it's a good thing. Yeah, fair is fair. So continuing with positivity, can we get Chris Carson back? I mean, I'll I'll settle for Carlos Hyde, but boy, oh boy, would I like to see Carson out there. Another in goes to Jason Myers for his 61-yard field goal from Ski Bum Blanche. And absolutely, Myers from 61. It probably was, you know, other than the Dwayne Brown pancake, that was probably number two in terms of my highlights for the day. Yeah, man. I mean, 61 yarder with a little to spare and like dead red. Boy, oh boy, was that a freaking, just that, that's a heck of a kick. And this is a dude where we're like, all right, you know, he seems really accurate under 50 yards and all right, he's got, he's got an average leg above that. Man, 61 yarder in all day. Ski bum Blanche. Oof, you nailed it just like Myers did. Okay, what you got, Clinton? Yes, all right. We got Jared Johnson, who goes by L Trowel. Maybe it's, well, either way, it's at E L T R O W E L, because you can yeah, spin the that trowel. Up it's Spanish for oh, the trowel. Oh, oh like, oh, they, <laughs> there, there we have it. Now, the thing you need to know about Jared is you should go follow the dude because he's one heck of an artist. He's consistently putting up these really cool paintings and he's just a good follow. So he puts some Star Wars stuff out there. He's a painter. He's a Seahawks fan. Go follow the trowel, El Trowel out there. So Jared says, out the decision to punt on fourth and inches. We covered that and boy, oh boy, Jared, you couldn't be more right. But he also brings up the in and says, Jordan Brooks's pass defense on that third and 12. We talked about that earlier, Brandon. Glad that Jared saw it. That was a beautifully athletic play. Deserves some love. Yes, I'm glad that other people were picking up on that Jordan Brooks hit as well, too. And moving over to an out, Flocktimus Prime, another one in the three and three out. We got to give Flocktimus his love because I think he sure. skipped over him the last two weeks. So we got to make sure and get him in. And he gives the out to the lack of urgency on the last drive. And holy smokes, was that frustrating that the Seahawks just seemed to be content even even though they were down 10 points, it looked like we were just lollygagging down the field as if, you know, we were playing the four minute offense up by seven. There was no sense of urgency. There was opportunities where guys had time to either get out of bounds or just hurry up to the line a little bit more. And it felt like there was just no energy. The energy had been drained from the team by that point in the game. Yeah. And, 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 and we were still running, like running draws also like on top of all that, we were still like running like two yard smash mouth football at times. Like, and it's, so it's just compiled it being like, what in the world are we doing? But yeah, on we, third and one, you're running up the middle with DJ Dallas. Like, okay. You you're that worried about getting the first down in that point that you have to run the ball on third and one you have, you're in four down territory here. Yep. Uh, perfect example. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Another perfect one is from Designed Pete's Beach House on the Discord, which I believe is Amy, right? That's Amy. That's Amy. Great. Amy's a great, great person out there. And in the Facebook ring of honor, I might as well. She says, in Puna making plays. She's she's right. Puna, like of the of the line, I thought Puna stood out and showed out pretty well. She also has the out ignoring DK like he's your annoying little brother. 
And uh, yeah, yeah, I've got two younger brothers and I I know that feeling, Amy. And yes, while they're little, they they can be ignored when they're annoying. And then as you grow up, DK is a grown man now. Russ, get your little brother the football. Yeah. And uh, the 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 other piece of that, too, is you started to see probably for the first time ever uh, DK with like the visible frustration on the field being like, wait, dude, I'm open. Like, am I, am I your guy or am I not? That your guy? was the, the broadcast team was playing that up to, uh, <laughs> sure, I think but overplaying they... that for sure, because they would show DK at the end of the route. Yes, he was open, but they did not show what Russell Wilson was looking at ahead of, of that particular route. So I don't, again, that's one of those ones where you have to go to the all 22 and see, okay, what was Russ seeing in that moment? Because, okay, maybe he didn't see DK open way down the field, but if there were five dudes in his face and he couldn't see him, then, you know, that wasn't on him. Fine, fine. Let's let, let's leave that for another day. Let's go to an in by right hand. Dan, he says in this discord, he goes, even during the rubbish games. And that's what we're telling you folks. All right, Clinton, let's close this thing and just never remember this game again. This was one of the worst games that I can remember watching with Russell Wilson, with some of the coaching decisions, with some of the things that happened on offense. And I think, Dave Bloomquist, Hong Kong Hawk in the Discord, summed it up well by just posting the out. Just not not giving it to anybody, just out. He encapsulated it perfectly. That's that is that is this game. It is just an out. And it is for us, like remember in space balls where he's like, Yeah, fast forward past this part and never show it again. Like that is literally what this is. Fast forward past this, never show it again. But that's not that's not on us. That's not on the fans being like, never show this again. That's on the coaching staff and that's on the players. Don't show that kind of effort and that kind of game planning again. You know, you and Adam have your do better section. The Seahawks have got come Thursday night. They've got to do better. And Brandon, the thing we can do, we can come back. We can be fired up. We can have faith in this team because we've seen it before. I think the call is out there. You're, you've cleansed your hakra. We've aired our grievances. Now go grab that diskette of Rocky Four. Pump that soundtrack. Find some rocks. Find a pulley system. Create a pulley system. Lift the friggin' rocks over your head. Crumple up that picture of Ivan Drago and go to battle in Moscow because we have got a game on Thursday night. And with that, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.